Ladies First Disc Golf is the most comprehensive retailer for women's disc golf needs. With over 55 star reviews on Google and Facebook, listen to what their customers have to say. Jess M says, I got my first Ladies First Disc Golf hoodie and hat. I absolutely love them. They arrive so quickly and are exactly what I ordered. What is posted is what you get. I love this page and all the great apparel. It's nice to see disc golf items for just us ladies. It means a lot to have a page like this I can go to. I can't wait to purchase more. Thank you. If you are looking for stylish and comfortable disc golf apparel and discs for women disc golfers of all skill levels, Ladies First Disc Golf has your needs covered. Visit ladiesfirstdiscgolf.com and use code LOTC20 at checkout to get free shipping on your order of $20 or more. Welcome to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. I am Becca Kephart, and joining me today are two of my favorites. We've got Andrea Eaton. Andrea, how are you doing? I am good. Happy to be here. Yeah, fresh off her tied for fifth place at the DD Open, which is awesome, and we'll be talking about that uh, today. And then also with us is Erica Weir. Erica, how are you? Hello, doing well. Thanks for having us back on. Yeah, and Erica had all these amazing touring plans for 2020, and then 2020 did 2020 things. And Mm-mm. I don't like that. They sure did. They, I uh, yeah. 2020, really 2020. <laughs> I usually don't like the narrative of like making a whole year, you know, the the culprit, but it's probably pretty safe this year. I don't know. A lot of good things have happened this year too, right? So we'll we'll try to accentuate the good and accentuate the positive here. Uh, But we're going to keep it pretty fast and loose. It's been quite a while since we did a podcast, and I want to set expectations really low (laughs) that hopefully more podcasts will be coming out this season. But again, due to life and all the crazy things, I don't want to overpromise. Um, there will probably be more episodes at some point and maybe sooner than later, hopefully. So, all right, well, let's jump right in. So, Andrea, DD Open, uh, yeah. let's talk through that. What a crazy event um, coming back, you know, really for season 2.0 here. Um, a tournament that Dynamic Discs kind of threw together in a very short amount of time, um, but some really good competition out there. So yeah, give us give us kind of the story from the ground and your experience. Yeah, so um, I actually just to add, you know, just a little more of a challenge. Decided <laughs> that I was going to play the DDO on my way to moving from Colorado to the Charlotte area. Right. So um, yeah, I had movers there on Monday, and I left on Tuesday and drove and had a chance to practice. And I played the country club. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I played it other times, so I was prepared that way, but yeah, I mean, it was great. It was, um, you know, number one, just to be the first tournament back after, you know, just going through this pandemic and how do we do it and everything being shut down and having an opportunity to go and play. It was actually really interesting. And I think that they did an amazing job of being prepared and having protocols in place to really protect everybody who was involved. Um, so that was nice, you know, um, to just be prepared that way. And, and nobody really knew what it was going to feel like coming back. So, you know, I think that was a good experience. And, um, you know, they changed a few things as we went throughout the tournament um, in, in regards to, you know, how it was handled in terms of the pandemic. But it was really, really well run. It was really fun. Um 
you know, we had 15, I believe, yeah. uh, FPO players, which was great. And, um, I had a chance to play with some really fun ladies and some really fun cards. Yeah. And I will tell you that the wind in Emporia mm-hmm. is a real thing. <laughs> um, yeah, it was the first round we had some wind, um, you know, and I think everybody, the nerves were going, mm-hmm. you know, Paige had an amazing round, yeah. Paige Pierce, but, you know, just getting started again and seeing how it's going to go. We had wind and the, and the second day we got really lucky and didn't have as much wind. And then the third day it was crazy, um, you know, sustained yeah. 20, 25 mile an hour winds with 30, 35 mile an hour gusts. And, uh, you know, trying to figure all that out was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Um, yeah. And you just crushed it. It was super cool. Can you talk a little bit about playing that course as a left-handed player? I'm just curious. Cause I feel like there's some advantages, but there's some disadvantages yeah. as well. Um, it's just, I don't know. It feels just watching it from home. Right. When I don't get like any idea of the elevation or really the true lines at all. Um, I can just kind of see what it's doing, but yeah. What, what's it like playing that course as a lefty? Yeah. I mean, I think that course in and of itself is challenging. You know, um, you, you think you look at it and you see this quote unquote wide open course, you know, but then they bring everything in with the out of bounds and, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they do a really good job of creating challenge within each of the holes and they changed a few of the pars for FPO, um, from Mm -hmm. the year before, um, or yeah. So GBO, uh, having played it before, but you know, as a lefty, it's, they actually do a pretty good job of creating opportunity for every player. And of Mm. course not on every hole, you know, but it's interesting. And it's usually this way, but even on hole one, it's 995 feet and right off the tee, um, you know, where all the righty backhanders are throwing this big hyzer into an open field. I've, I've got to figure out how to throw a flex Mm. shot through that Mm. same way. So, you know, there are challenges and there are different gaps and it's always really fun for me to play with people because a whole, let me see, one, two, three, whole, it's, yeah, it's whole three. I threw off the tee and the people I played with were like, Oh, I I didn't even think about that line because it's just different. Yeah. 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 So it definitely brings OB into play in different ways. Um, I think whole nine actually, was easier for me than it was some of the other players. Um, that's the one through the yeah, tunnel. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a huge dog leg to the right. Mm-hmm. So if it, once we were out of the tunnel, I think that hole was a little bit easier for me. Um, hole 10, I think OB was a little bit more in play for me than maybe some of the right-handed players. But, you know, again, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm getting used to it at this point and yeah. really me as a lefty, it's just about figuring out how do I, what, what shots or what throws do I need to be able to throw to be a successful. So for me, it's an Anheuser, right. Versus throwing a hyzer. So it's just, it's figuring that stuff out. But, um, the wind, man, that's, yeah. <laughs> that is right. what really made it. Yeah. And, you know, coming from Colorado and, and that elevation, mm. you know, you're trying to figure out what your discs are going to do anyway. And then you add that wind yep. in there. And so, you know, my approach to the whole tournament really was just truly shot by shot. Yeah. And what do I need to do, do on this throw? Where do I need to go on this exact throw? And then once that was over, that was done and we're moving on to the next one and and not really getting caught up in any of the other stuff going around or what the wind was doing on the last hole. Um, and, and that was, you know, it was successful for me to do that. So, um, I think that was a huge breakthrough for me personally, this tournament, 
you know, I definitely, I think mentally I had put too much pressure on myself previously, Mm. you know, and felt like I had so much to prove. And if I missed a a shot or I didn't, you know, play the whole, like I thought I could, I just put so much pressure on myself, but this tournament was so fun. Um, and, and to take it shot by shot and not put that mental pressure and just approach it from a place of like, let's just go out and have some fun. We're able to play disc golf again. So let's enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was nice. I think that's such a good point. And it's such a frustrating thing, you know, in disc golf of finding that Zen happy place. Um, Mm -hmm. But there is this perspective now, right, that we had it all taken away for this amount of time. And um, I'm just savoring the heck out of it right now. You know, Um, like I everything was just crazy. My husband and I work for, uh, the same music school and we had to, you know, take everything online. And I just did not play for two and a half months. Like I maybe putted in my backyard twice. Um, but it was just gone. And then, you know, came back to it and filmed, uh, the first nine holes playing after not two and a half months, (laughs) which, you know, I don't have a lot of pride, so it's good. Um, (laughs) But it it just felt awful. Like, it felt so rough. And then I've been so fortunate that I've been playing really two or three times a week since then. And it's so back. And I'm throwing better than I have in a long time. But also, there's, I'm not getting as, like, worked up maybe about shots that don't go right. Because it's just, like, feels like such a joy to even you know, play. And I watched the heck out of the DD open last weekend. I, uh, I happened to have a three day weekend, so it worked out awesome. Um, and it was just so joyful, you know, to be able to see it. It was weird. It feels really strange Mm -hmm. because obviously Mm -hmm. nothing's resolved. Things are still crazy. We know a lot more than we know, you know, now than we did before. Um, but still there's this recognition that, you know, it's not something we can like take for granted. And I think that's important. And yeah. Cool. Well, and I think too, you know, as an athlete who is going to participate in something like that, especially for the first time back, yeah. you know, you're yeah. a little apprehensive just because, you know, the setup is different, yeah. you know, no spectators and things right. like that. But even, you know, when you can go warm up or, you know, not being able to come to the first uh, tee to check in until, you know, a few minutes before your tee time and making sure that you're standing apart on each of the holes, you know, um, you know, they were great. They gave us all, you know, hand sanitizer that we could carry in our bag. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so it, it was, you know, you're a little apprehensive in the beginning, but as the week went on, you know, it, you, the rhythm of a tournament seemed to Mm. come back quickly. Yeah. You know, um, but it is, it's a new world and we'll see how the rest of the season goes and hopefully we'll be able to continue to do it and to continue to play. And I really appreciate the staff and everybody, you know, everybody who was there, even the the athletes, you know, everybody was really respectful of one Mm -hmm. another and, um, that space and, and everybody was on the same page and let's, in terms of let's take care of each other and make sure we do this the right way. So we can keep doing this. Well, congrats again on your finish there. That was Really, really exciting. Uh, are you thinking about playing any more uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour events this season? Well, I would love to. Yeah, now that you've got <laughs> points. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no, it was, it was great. You know, um, I feel proud of myself um, for having played that way. I, there are only two holes in the entire tournament I probably would do differently. Yeah. Um, but, you know, 
I, I have a little time right now. You know, I am getting settled into my new sure. life here. And right. as soon as I do that, then yeah, I would love to go and do that. And, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity here on the East Coast as right. well to play in some tournaments. Yep. So it's a different world. Lots of wooded courses out yep. here. I'm excited to get to play them. But yeah, I definitely, I, I want to get out there as much as I possibly can. And I think um, being able to perform well at a tournament like that just makes me more eager to want to go do it. Yeah. So let's kind of talk through the, the rest of the finishes at the DD Open. So you tied with our friend Cynthia Ricciotti. Had you met Cynthia before? I had not. Nice. And uh, we, yeah, we've got to play together the the last day. So that's the first time that we actually played together. Awesome. Um, yeah, it was really fun. Very cool. Um, and yeah, she's still in high school. So <laughs> she's uh, And she's playing the preserve this weekend, too, which I'm really excited about. Um, yeah. I'm so stoked to see her out there. Uh, she did really well out in Tennessee. Uh, so she's having a good good season 2.0 so far. And then uh, Katrina and Paige Shu tied for third. Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about y'all's friend, Missy Gannon. Cause yeah. How about that? <laughs> yeah. She, you know, I played the first round with Missy. Oh, cool. First of all, I'll tell you that one of the cool things I think about the card that we played on, so our final card. So Kona I'd played with before. I'd never played with mm. Rebecca Cox, so yeah. they were on the card. So you've got these two, you know, pretty well-known touring professionals. Yeah. Cynthia's obviously up and coming, and um, this was actually mentioned on a different podcast, but it's funny because you've got Kona and Rebecca, and then, you know, Cynthia and I tied. Mm-hmm. And here she is. She's in high school and, and right. eligible I guess, for junior, and I'm eligible to right. play Masters. Yeah. So it was this interesting dynamic on the card, but yeah. it was really fun to, to kind of watch the wide variety of um, yeah. players because you anybody can do this. And that's right. the thing that I think people take away. Like, anybody can do it. But, yeah, I played with Missy the first round, and she – honestly, her first round was great. She yeah. shot a great round. She just had a hiccup on the last couple of holes, mm. and that's it. Right. That was the difference in that card. Yeah. Um, but, man, she just crushed it. Her, her distance has improved so mm. much. We a little bit about that. I know she's been working on it. So you start to put in that distance with yeah. her putting that's right. already spectacular. And she right. is going to be one to watch this entire year. Yeah. I'm so excited. She's so capable. I was listening to, yeah. um, I think the upshot and Robert McCall kind of called her out as someone to watch for the tournament. Mm-hmm. And so yep. I was really excited um, to see her put it all together because she's obviously super capable. Um, yeah. So really exciting stuff. And then obviously Paige Pierce just kind of destroyed everything as per the usual and then some. But yeah. I, I don't know, with Paige and Missy both crushing it, I'm wondering if I need to put some more Discraft in my bag. Um, <laughs> something to that <laughs> i have one one discraft disc that i like very much but anyway yeah i think i have one too oh you know what actually i keep a buzz in my bag nice. so there's that but um yeah no you know what it's really exciting to see uh, page come out and do page things yeah you know and and to to step right back into it and then you know missy isn't a newcomer she was in, right. on tour last year but right. you know to see all the hard work that she's been able to yeah. put in and to see that um translate on the course and yep. to get to witness that in person was pretty awesome that's so cool so erica did you watch any of the live coverage I sure did. So last week, um, my partner Oz unfortunately yeah. had to have some oral surgery. Oh, no, so, Oz. <laughs> so I know he was he was a trooper though. He did a great job. But awesome. um, it gave us the opportunity to really slow down a little yeah. bit. And, um, I do have a subscription to you yeah. know the Disc Golf Pro Tour Network or DGN or Disc Golf Network, and we I think we honestly watched every minute. Yeah. So um, it was kind of fun in that sense, because, you know, I had 
I was able to play Las Vegas Challenge and I was right. able to play the Memorial and I had planned not to go to Waco. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, knowing that that was really the last time we had seen like live disc golf, yeah. like I, you know, I will say that Oz and I are pretty big time consumers of disc golf media, yeah. you know, whether it's live or on YouTube, like, you know, we try to find a way to watch it. So we were both really excited and, um, you know, it's always interesting to watch it live instead mm-hmm. of um, having yes. the post-production because, you know, you sort of see a little bit of the in-between. And I think for everybody out there, it was probably a really good thing to yeah. see the players trying to distance themselves, you know, to see that, you know, Doug Bierkus had a mask on the whole time, you know, mm-hmm. like it right. was just sort of, I mean, I think that Dynamic Disc does so many things right. Mm-hmm. And being a participant in the GBO twice, you know, there's such a high standard for disc golf fence in Emporia. So I think that it was almost fitting that they were able to sort of create that yeah. experience for players to come back to. And like that tournament staff is just so well known for execution and, you know, making players events great. And if there were spectators there, they do stuff for them too. So yeah. um, it, it, it did seem really fitting. Um, but yeah, watching it live, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's a longer commitment. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. no doubt, but in the same vein, it sort of made you feel like you were there. Yeah. Um, I had had, I had some plans to potentially play the DDO, mm. but then, um, there was just a couple things that came up personally sure. that prevented me from doing it. And I, I'm actually really happy because sadly I had to put my cat down yesterday and right. it gave me more time with him, yeah. um, not to bring the party down because no. it was, it's okay. But yeah. it, you know, obviously that sucks. Any animal lovers yeah. out there know the pain that you go through. Mm-hmm. So if I had been there, yeah. I might not have been with him, you know, that right. last week. Totally. So I was, I was happy for that, but you know, watching it go off and knowing it's like, oh, we can pretty much see like all of the women's rounds, you know, mm-hmm. this is great. Like, that's what I love to watch. I love yeah. to watch the play too. Don't get me wrong, but I'm never going to Paul Macbeth it out there, no matter how hard <laughs> I try. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I mean, getting out, it was, it, Andrea, it's so funny. So I know I had like sent you that video. I took the screenshot, mm-hmm. but when Andrea teed off on hole one, like it was on, it was on the coverage. Yeah. So we were like excited. And in that video, what I sent to her, I think Oz forgot you were lefty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because you hear him go, uh-oh. Like, <laughs> and I was like, she's fine. She knows what she's doing. She's played the country club before. So yeah. That was actually really funny. So we were definitely trying to catch glimpses of you and stuff. And, um, you know, between Disc Live and if you didn't yeah. have the subscription, you were still able to keep up on the scoring and stuff. But, um, you know, for me, it, it's, it's a very the whole, sorry, I'm stumbling, but 2020 has been the definition of a bittersweet year in, mm. in my yeah. like young adult life, because there's been so many really good things to come of this. And then there's been so many things that have been like an absolute gut punch. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, man, like it made me want to be out there. Yeah, like, sure. I, like I had disappointing performances in Vegas and the Memorial, at least in my opinion, you know, mm. they were the first two times I had gone out and played and the difference, <laughs> the difference between being an amateur player and bumping to pro, it's just like, oh, sure. I mean, we, we could make a laundry list, right. <clears throat> yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's the difference of like watching it and doing mm-hmm. it, I suppose, you know what I mean? And like yeah. Andreas, like that consistency, like, you know, you can throw the hundred putts, you can go do the field work, you can play the tag matches and everything. But when you step up to a tee and it's time for you to put that all together, like there's so much different, um, you know, things that happen to you, whether it's physical or mental, or you think about your preparation, you know, can you yeah. get over a bad shot? Can you move on all that kind of stuff? So, um, it's, 
it was weird sitting on the couch and not being out there, but yeah. in the same vein, I was so proud to see all the women that could show up and like, oh yeah, put on a put on a terrific show. And you know, we had the opportunity to play with Missy, um, right, for a few years. You know, before she and Tom decided to get on the road and make this something full time. And you know, I remember playing with her at our like the first event, and she was the exact same person that she is now, which is so funny. Mm-hmm. But like the sheer amount of improvement she's yep. made over a few short years. It's just like, it's, it's honestly mind boggling to me. Yeah. Um, and, and what you're able to do if that's, you know, if you have that sponsor support or you have that mm-hmm. support of your partner, mm-hmm. um, and, and you want to make this your thing, like, you know, you, the work that's required is, is really daunting, but to see that she's done that and, you know, her putting obviously has always been something that she's been known for. I mean, she was the champ last year, so that's great. But to see her with her field work and then adding the distance and everything and just the calmness that she seemed to have, like, you know, not everybody can rise to that occasion right. when it's happening. So it's really cool to watch, to watch that happen. And like, I think anybody who knows Missy knows, like, it's just a matter of time, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think this is like, oh, Ganon, uh, a Ganon glitch in the, in the system. No, like, I'm sorry, Missy's here, and you better get to know her if you don't because she's going to be on the radar. But I just yeah. love, too, when she was interviewed by DGN, um, she had said, they're like, you know, what are your expectations? Like, you, you didn't make lead card. And she's like, yeah, you're right. I had a couple lips, but I'll tell you what, like, uh, I think – my money's on page and obviously in Missy fashion, she laughed. And then she said, mm. um, but I'm gunning for a second. And yeah. there was no hesitation. Yeah. And I, I believed her. Like yeah. she did not come from a place of cockiness. It's right. that confidence. And yeah. that's such a tough line to, to toe. But I feel like she really does it with a lot of grace. And I know that yeah. she and Paige push each other. It was so fun to see them interact on that lead yeah. card. Right. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's a very interesting thing to watch. Like, and again, I'm not a casual viewer, so this is kind of my like real yeah. housewives. <laughs> so I'm like, so I, so I pay real close attention, you know. So, um, so for me, it was it was really uh, interesting to see that too. And you know, also e- even somebody we didn't talk about, and I know her performance, I'm sure. And she even said in her social media, she was a little bit upset about it. But watching um, Kona Panis, that's out exactly there, what I was about to bring up because just you know, to Brad, your... I got your segue. <laughs> <laughs> well, to your point um, that you just made a, a second ago, right about the difference between amateur and pro and the difference between touring and not touring you know Kona gets these terrible putting yips on uh you know live coverage and if it hasn't happened to you it's happened to somebody on your card right like we've all seen it a million times well not maybe not a million times I've seen it several times (laughs) but then for her to come out of that hole and completely park the next hole that's like you know 408 feet um and to more or less finish off that round like maybe nothing happened there was a little you know glitches here and there um and some missteps but she may have had those anyway right um and that's so you know different than when you aren't in tournaments day in day out when you maybe haven't been on coverage before right that I feel like it would be easy for the wheels to just completely fall off but I was very very impressed with how Kona rebounded you know and to to be there and to you know you see that on the live coverage and there that there's pressure when you're playing tournaments anyway and I have yet to figure out how to emulate it in practice it's just different hundred percent. So yeah. yeah. And so when you step up on the putting green and number one, you're nervous anyway. Yeah. 
and then you miss one and then you're more nervous. And mm-hmm. then this, you know, snowball happens. Um, it is huge for her to come back after that hole and then just crush it yeah. and, and park it. And I'll tell you that playing with her the next day, mm-hmm. you know, her attitude and her demeanor and just how she was as we were playing, you, you would not have known that that happened. Her attitude yeah. could have been better. And I'll say that too, for, um, you know, Rebecca Cox, yeah. I felt really bad for her in that last round because she could not catch a break. Yeah. We know how I like to see it. Like we know how amazing Rebecca is and she's somebody Mm -hmm. that I'm rooting for constantly. Mm -hmm. She just couldn't catch a break. She had great shots that went out of bounds and shouldn't have. It was just a really rough round, but same thing, her attitude, um, you know, throughout the entire round was incredible. And I know that that was hard for her to go through. And it, it, it just was, it was that day for her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's just unfortunate. Yeah. The other thing too, for Rebecca, I mean, like following her on her social media, she said, like, I've totally taken this break to change my run up and, and right. you know, right. tweak some things. And it's been the same thing. I forget if she said like, maybe since I was eight, maybe since I right. was 10, don't remember yeah. age, but like, you know, if you have to break a habit, it's one thing or, Oh, I want to retool my putting in the off season. But mm-hmm. like, talk about your run up. Like that's a that's a big part of her game. And like, yeah. you know, you could see there were some low misfires or, you know, I, I mean, gosh, we all yank it out of bounds here and yeah. there, you know, whatever it is, but just like, to, like, it's just a little bit of growing pains yeah. and she'll get in the swing of things, you know, like, you know, even Val and Nate were talking on there. Like everybody has to build stamina. Everybody has yes. to remember the toughness, yes. like what a tournament's like and everything like that. So, you know, I think, um, there were a lot of people that were working really hard in that off season. There were some people that take a mm-hmm. break and I don't think either of those is wrong. You know, yeah. I think mm-hmm. sometimes people are like, Oh, we just got to push through. Like I got to get out there and do this. And for me, like I'm more apt to just take a step back yeah. because then when I get back to it, I feel so much better. Like I played around yesterday that was, you know, it was for a tag and it's on a friend's course, but it was relatively competitive. And, you know, we, uh, I was like, I have not thrown, thrown in a, in a minute. <laughs> so, um, I was really worried what was going to happen, but I was, I was pleasantly surprised with the results. I mean, yeah, missed stuff here and there, but overall, you know, the it's, it's still there, but it just, it definitely needs some polishing. So I don't know. I think any, anything that you need to do to reset physically and mentally, like it's, it's your own choice and you know, what's the best for you as a player. So, and I want to circle back. Sorry, Andrew, go ahead. No, no, it's okay. I was just going to say, you know, I, Erica and I are alike in so many ways. And one of the ways that we're not, and I'm trying to emulate her more (laughs) is I can't stand to take a day off. Mm. It makes me crazy. It makes me feel like somebody's going to outwork me. It Mm. makes me, it drives me nuts. And I know that sometimes you can overdo it that way. So I've, I've been trying to, to take the Erica, Hey, you know what? It's okay to take a break. And it actually works out a little bit better. Mm. So just giving you some love, Erica. And flip that coin, because guess who needs to get out on a field? <laughs> Her name starts with an E and ends with Erica. So, <laughs> so yeah, I want to circle back, though, because, Erica, since you and I both super consumed the live coverage this last weekend, I kind of want to pick it apart a little bit and uh, just talk about maybe some of our thoughts. Um, so, for me, from my purview, uh, I am a 
subscriber to the Disc Golf Network as well. And really, if you have a PDGA membership, I think you should be. It's five dollars a month. Um, if you, it's it's not yeah. a lot uh, for what you get. And we, you know, I'm a big sports fan in general, and haven't been able to watch live sports in months and months. Right. So that definitely scratched that itch. Um, yeah. But I I've got the the DGN app on my Roku, and so I just threw it up on my TV screen. Um, a lot for the first couple rounds <laughs> and there's something to be said about the community aspect of having the YouTube chat but as someone with an admin hammer it was really nice to be able to just watch the disc golf and not have to worry about you know helping out and I love to help out you know especially during the women's coverage of people that are saying inappropriate things things that are just making right. the sport look bad all of that but to be able to just watch it um, like that was really, really nice. And I, they're really trying to up it, um, in terms of the professionalism mm -hmm. and, you know, there's the reality that there's only so many cameras, but there's more cameras than there used to be. So cutting away to the other coverage is really cool. And like, you don't always get to see where the shots maybe exactly land. Cause they only have, you know, one car. Uh, camera that's run off to wherever but it's a lot of action it feels very very much more like a ball golf tournament um, in terms of that there's not a lot of commercials it's mostly just action all the time um, and those are some things that I really like about it um, so I'll talk a little bit more in a second about maybe that some of the the, the criticism like constructive criticism yeah. that I have but yeah Erica what do you think about it so far yeah I, I definitely agree with everything you had to say I could tell a big difference like you know whether it's signal strength and emporia or whatever the case is like we didn't really have a glitch you know it's not yeah. like we had a black screen for a while or we were waiting because um, I know that's been a, a, a something that people have chimed in in the chat I um, I did not watch the chat because it sometimes it just infuriates me right. that I'm yeah. on answering, you know, questions and stuff like that. But then in the same vein, like right. I will say it's it's really hard and like I don't consider myself to be a brand, if you will, like sure. like right. let's say a Kona right. or a Rebecca. But if you get my name, you it's spelled it's spelled odd. I get that part. So you can look me up and yeah. if you don't like what I had to say, that could get back to my sure. sponsors. Yeah, for sure. Um, I consider myself to be a pretty diplomatic person by trade, um, but there are times when I'm like, I, I just, I truly, truly, truly disagree with you, and yeah. I have to work so hard to bite my tongue, but sure. I digress. That's why I don't do the chat. Um, but yeah, the, the positivity of it for sure. I mean, I love that... Um, you know, Nate was able to provide the commentating for the MPO. They had Val in for FPO. Um, you know, both of them in their tenured careers, they've played that course yeah. probably no less than 50 times, right. you know. So they had a lot of really good insights and stuff like that. Um, and I just love both of them. So they can't really do wrong in my book. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I'll, I'll, I will also make that bias very clear. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, like you said, like there's a lot of those, um, you know, the cuts from – from uh, FPO to MPO. And it's so hard to balance again, because yeah. it's like you want to give the content that you feel like the majority of your subscri subscribers would like to see. Um, but it did feel like you sort of got both rounds in their entirety. You know, like, yeah, we, we missed the women for a few holes. And right. to me, I was like, oh, I'm so frustrated. I don't need to see a flyover <laughs> right. of 16. You know what I mean? Like, yep. me back to the ladies action. Um, but that, again, that's just more of a personal complaint. Yep. Or, or, but yeah, overall, I thought that it was, um, it was much more crisp than it has been. Um, 
yeah yeah i really like the uh the after round interviews, you the know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and honestly, the pro tour has done a lot with what they've had, you know, for a while now. Um, like I remember watching it, the SFO, I think it was last season with my husband. And he was like, this is pretty good. I'm like, yeah, they're, they're in a library right now. <laughs> like, this, right? Is, mm-hmm. this is really, you know, kind of silly how this all gets thrown together but i think the changes they've made are good and and to your point like the only constructive criticism i really have and it's you know damned if you do damned if you don't um you know having the women go later is is cool um because a lot of i think a lot more viewers hang around than started but i know even for me because i was raring to go i was i was having some disc golf watching fatigue by the time fpo comes around right because i've already watched the men's round um and also you know something you said too that i think they could continue to do a better job with and and they're getting restarted too right is getting more of the early round of fpo in than some other things that you know we don't maybe need to see the tap-ins from the men or you know um some of those whole flyovers again because uh, we've already seen them or, or maybe they could be, you know, whatever. And they did a lot of picture in picture and it'll continue to get better. But overall, I was super, super impressed. Um, I was too. The only thing, and again, damned if you do, damned if you don't, this yeah. is my constructive criticism. I don't know who the gentleman is. I believe his name is Jamie. Mm-hmm. That That's kind yeah. of the anchor, if you will. And I think he knows disc golf. He's obviously written for Ulti World. He's yeah. been working with Spin TV. I am not sure that he is aware of his unconscious bias mm. to speak negatively regarding the FPL. Yeah. Um, and again, look, this is a call out. Jamie, if you listen to this and you want to hit me up, I would be happy to discuss this with you. But it's just very interesting because if we're hoping that the hangers on are, are going to um, be around, you know, mm. Let's say Rebecca gets on that tee and throws low. Mm. The first thing that I don't need to hear is, well, that's her tendency. Sometimes mm. she misses low a lot. You know, and I'm like, you never said that about Paul. You didn't say it about mm. Ricky. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. again, probably me being sensitive and, you know, it is what it is. But again, as a person, like, I really do watch a lot of media. Like, yeah. maybe we want to just sort of circle back and like, let's listen to those, re- you know, the broadcasts over again. And mm. maybe you can pick that out and see and continue to make those improvements. But, mm. you know, at FPO, we're, we're struggling to get out there. I mean, the men's numbers were over a hundred. We were 15 at DDO. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, you know, if, if we sort of, even that, that you hear that in the commentating too, it's like, ah, mm. that's what the ladies do. And it's like, mm. you know, we rough days mm-hmm. like not everybody's out there crushing it i mean mm-hmm. even paul the magnificent man that paul Macbeth is for our sport mm-hmm. he had some blips on the radar that last round we all watched it you know and he picked it right back up and kept mm-hmm. it going um so you know to me it's sometimes it's a little bit frustrating but mm-hmm. again that's that's probably me honing on something that i feel incredibly sensitive and close mm-hmm. to so sure. i i um I can also take that feedback as well. (laughs) No, that's good. I think that's a really good point. Andrea, how did you feel about having the later afternoon times? Do you like that or do you care or do you not like it? Hmm. (laughs) I will tell you that it's strange. It's really weird because I'm so used to, you know, 
you get prepared in the evening and the first thing you do when you right. wake up is get ready and you go play. And so to wake up and have breakfast and <laughs> breakfast and then have lunch and then you still have a couple hours. It's just different. Yeah. Um, you know, it, the weather is different, yeah. like things, you know, everything is just different. And so I think the fact that it's different makes it seem like it's not very comfortable. Um, I don't know. I don't know, really. It, it, it's just different. Yeah. And I mean, I played fairly well, so maybe I like playing in the afternoon. I don't really know, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I don't really have a preference either way. It just made the day go really long. So, you know, if I were just based on preference for that, like I would say, I'm just used to playing in the morning. And so the afternoon felt a little bit strange, but, um, you know, you really did get different conditions Yeah. than you would have had in the morning. And, you know, in terms of that and kind of piggybacking on what Erica was saying in terms of the coverage and I, I hope that what it seems, what the plan seems to be is to get other people to also watch some FPO who maybe wouldn't have. I hope that plan works Yeah, because it does feel, you know, I, I watched some of the coverage that I was able to, and, and even before this tournament, and it really seems like the, the women's cards get cut off mm. and like you only see a few of the holes or some of the stuff that's going on. And I think things like picture and picture and those kind of things would be really good because you know, when they're doing the flyover, if you just have a, the, even in the lower corner, yeah, you right. see the women tee off. I think that would be really helpful Yeah. because that's hard to, it's hard to stay excited or to feel a part of a group when, you mm-hmm. know, it, it seems to be an afterthought. And I, I hope what they're doing is working. Um, and I hope that they continue to tweak it, yeah. um, so that people can get on some coverage because I know the big names and I know that, you know, they're trying to really get exposure for this sport and ultimately that's going to help all of us. But, you know, there are some really successful ladies out there who deserve, you know, their, their time in the spotlight. Yeah. And I think to understand kind of what Eric was saying too, that there's a difference between, men and women's sports. And what I mean is I'm never going to throw as far as Paul Macbeth, right? My game plan has to be completely different. And I think there's value and athleticism in both of those things. And so I think for people to become educated about what good disc golf is mm-hmm. for the demographic that you're talking about is really important to help yeah. grow this sport as well. And it, and it's a challenge, you yeah. know, just because again, there's only so many cameras, so much yeah. money, all of that. I don't want to use it. You yeah. know, that as an excuse. And I've seen, you know, Johnny Veal on the social media, you know, really being truthful that, yeah, we need to keep working on this and making sure that we do a better job. But there is this like just gut wrenching reality that there was one ace the entire weekend yeah. and it was an FPO and yeah. we missed it. <laughs> and so it's, on the island hole, I the know. most exciting hole on the course. And it's such a bummer. And you know, I bet next year maybe they they just have a, a camera up in the tree, yeah. you know, that's yeah. on at all times just in case. Yeah. Um but there are exciting moments that can happen, you know, anywhere. And there's yeah. exciting moments that can happen anywhere in, in MPO too. And until we have cameras literally on every hole all the time, we're still going to miss stuff. Um, but, you know, our friend Kim was on that, on Deanne Carey's card. And yeah. shout out to Deanne Carey because she was the one who got the ace. <laughs> but awesome. only, a, only a, like a few people got to see that, which is a bummer. Um, yeah. It would have been so great to see that conference. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, a lot of people came close, Yeah, you know, I mean, but, uh, yeah, but seeing it actually stick in the basket would have been so awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. 
let's touch on it just a little bit because it's all the all the rage right now in disc golf media and honestly i haven't read or paid super close attention to it but apparently there's some controversy about this whole cbs sports coverage Uh and the only thing i could come up with is that this is what the disc golf community seems to do or at least some of the loudest voices (laughs) anytime something like this comes along there's people that get real upset for whatever reason i mean i have legit played with people who shall rename nameless in the kansas city community that are like i don't want to grow the sport i miss when i could be out here all the time and no one else was here anyway um but i think some people were upset because we lost the post-produced coverage for this tournament and here's here's what i'll say about it like CBS Sports wants to do some disc golf. Great. Let's go for it. You know, like disc golf, especially during a pandemic, is one of the sports that can probably continue. And that's awesome. And more people should play and watch. And in terms of the post-produced stuff, it was one weekend. We've got the preserve you know, this coming weekend on a course that literally like no one has ever seen on coverage before because it just came to be and it's just, you know, waiting an extra seven days for your precious post-produced coverage. (laughs) Like it's going to be okay. And even beyond that with the CBS sports stuff, you know, Ian and Jomez were still out there, Central Coast Disc Golf and Jomez, they're using their stuff for CBS great like i just don't understand the problem again i haven't really like paid attention to anyone who made arguments otherwise um i think it's good for the sport and i don't really see any negatives i'll play devil's advocate please do for the sake of doing it um i agree with you i think that the challenge that people are feeling is that you know, you're paying for a subscription to have access to something that you don't have access to. Mm. And I think that that has become a frustration point of, well, why? And I, and, and I think again, it's the first tournament back. Yeah. It's the first thing everybody's itching to watch coverage. Everybody's excited. And then to see that you can't, or you're not going to have it, or there's no post-production. I think, you know, that eagerness is coming into play a little bit as well. But I would say that that is some of the frustration of, you know, I've been paying for the, the access to, to this coverage or, yeah. you know, whatever the video library, whatever you want to say, and to not actually be able to do that. Yeah. It's like, what am I paying for? I think that's the frustrating point. I'm, I'm interested to see, I would have loved to have gone back and watched some of it, you know, mm. but I can't do that. What I, I think what I feel like I'm holding on to is I want to see what happens when this coverage comes out. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I want to see what it's all about. I want to, you know, this is an opportunity for us to reach more people and to have more people see what it is that we do. And I, and I think there's a huge opportunity there and it is one tournament. So we'll see as they progress, how it mm-hmm. works. Um, I think people will get over it to the point of, yeah. okay, now we can watch the preserve. We can move on. We can yeah. do things as normal. Cause we don't, we, you know what? And everybody's boat is rocky right now. Yeah. Good point. So we're grasping for the things that make mm-hmm. us feel good and comfortable. And in one more thing on the boat to tip the over is just, I think sometimes hard for people to handle, but for me, I understand that it's frustrating when you are paying for a service and you can't Mm. be provided that service in the way that you think you're going to, Mm. but I'm also really interested to see how this coverage comes out to see how it, how it impacts our sport and Mm. just to see the quality and, and where we can go from here. That's such a good point. I really appreciate that. And we should mention too, that the FPO was post-produced. You can catch it on GK pro. Um, Yep. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would add, because I think I think both of you guys have made really great points. Um, 
you know, as a as a Patreon of a couple different yeah. disc golf medias, I, what I'd like to say to everybody who's upset about the post production is, how many of you are Jomez Pro Patreons? Mm-hmm. Like, are you helping them in this mission? Because mm-hmm. if you're not then you are literally taking some of the best coverage that we get the opportunity to see in our sport for granted. Mm. Um, you know, and, and like Andrea said, paying for that service, not being able to watch those videos back. Absolutely. That is, that's like, that's a hard pill to swallow for sure. Mm. Um, but you know, the, the bigger we get, and again, like what are the benefits and, and detriments of growing the sport? It's like, we want to get new players in. We want to get new players hooked. Why can't we be on ESPN the Ocho? Right. They put they put on um you know oh they put cornhole matches on or they put bowling or this and that like we're a sport and I'm like yep that's all true and then we have an opportunity to right. not be on ESPN but CBS Sports and people are very upset about yeah. it so you know I think it's kind of like it's the same person that's going to complain about what a course looks like but has never gone to a course work day. You know, yeah. like yeah. there's always just going to be those individuals that, um, you know, that that want that maybe instant gratification instead of seeing what the the payoff can be down the road. And, and I, I do, I feel their pain. Yeah, I mean, every, like Andrea said, every boat is rocky. There is no safe path. You know, like it's, it's um, I think people are feeling very, uncertain and and they do want that certainty like you said but again like we're here this weekend with the preserve things are going to quote unquote be back to the norm that um the dgn and mm-hmm. you know jomez pro and central coast and everybody but like when you're when you're working with the bigger corporation there's just trademark stuff you know what i mean and it's yeah. not like cbs went in and was like hey if we're doing this we're bringing in our camera people right because if that was the case right. then i would be up in arms as well because yeah. You know, you've got Jomez, you've got Central Coast, you've got Gatekeeper Media, GK Pro, everybody that has really sacrificed so yeah. much to go and learn how to film this. If they had come in and taken them out and put, you know, their traditional ball golf coverage, um, you know, producers and cameramen and women, like, right. I, I think I would be much more upset. But the fact that our media gets to be represented, yeah. that really gives me solace. And just like Andrea said, how many people is this going to reach? You know, mm-hmm. how many starter packs can we sell from this? Like, how many clinics can we give? Like, we just don't necessarily know what that outreach will look like. So I would just try to encourage some folks to to do their best to exercise some patience and 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 trust that, you know, that I hope it's going to be the right thing. You know, I just hope that... Um, they keep it as real as they can because <laughs> yeah. our, our media folks do a really good job out there and they, they deserve that representation. Yeah, definitely. Hey everyone. I just wanted to jump in here real quick to give you an update on the Heartland women's series. So this was a series here locally. We were really excited about for 2020 and obviously had some events canceled uh, due to COVID, but I'm very happy to let you know that there are still three events on the calendar and I want to make sure you know about them. So in August, the Lou Ladies Challenge in St. Louis will be taking place on August 29th. In September, on September 19th, will be the Shooting Stars Ladies Open in Lincoln, Nebraska. And in October, we'll have the Emporia Ladies Open again down in Emporia, uh, presented by Dynamic Discs on October 3rd and 4th. So please check out the Heartland Women's Disc Golf Series on Facebook. And if you're able to sign up and make it there safely, um, we'd love to have you. So want to make sure you knew about that. All right, back to the show. Yeah. yeah, so let's let's circle back. So Erica, because um, I think this is going to be relatable to a lot of folks, uh, to the aforementioned rocking of said boats. <laughs> right. 
So yeah, talk kind of about what your plans for this season were, what the reality has been, and the next steps that you're you're going to take here for 2020. Yeah. So, I mean, I will caveat what I'm about to say with I don't have a final answer. Mm. That's that's what I'll say. There's been, like I said before, there's been a lot of change. Um, <laughs> some things I haven't announced on Facebook yet, so I can't say them here, but mm. that will be soon to come. That's more personal in nature. That has nothing to do with disc golf. But um, anyway, I digress. I was able to play uh, the LVC and the Memorial. I was super excited to get to do those back to back. You know, I talked to Innova and I told them, like, you know, I really want to, you know, see if I can get out on the road. Um, and they were really supportive of that statement for me. Um, so when I got back here to Colorado in March, you know, Oz and I talked it over and he was like, you know, if you want to do a tour, this is the year, like, let's put plans to paper. Let's try to figure this out. Let's capitalize on, you know, am worlds from 2019. Mm -hmm. And I was super excited about it. I had great conversations with my, um, I was with my former employer for seven years and they were really cool about stuff. There were certain things that I couldn't necessarily change about that position. So I wouldn't have been able to stay on with them remotely. So I had to make the tough choice to quit. Mm -hmm. So I did that in very early March. And then as soon as it became public to the company, I think 72 hours later, Mm. it felt like the world stopped turning. Mm. So I had to talk to my boss, walk back my resignation. Um, they were very, um, you know, very understanding. You know, they're like, there's no way anybody could have planned for this. Like, we don't know what we're doing at this point in time. So I was able to work with them until May 1st from home, which was great. And then after that, you know, that was my last day. So since that point in time, you know, I've been doing some practicing. Like, we we had pretty pretty hefty restrictions here in like the Denver and Boulder area. So even like I wanted to get out and play, but like Andrea and I represent the board of the mile high disc golf club. You know, we both have sponsors. If anybody saw us playing, like Mm. we could get in trouble. So it was more like backyard and, you know, just some, some small things here and there for a while. Um, and then Oz and I made the choice to move in together. Mm -hmm. So I've slowly been packing and purging and, you know, all the fun things that come with a move. So I've had a lot of time and space to do that, which has been great. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, financially, mm-hmm. it's very, very hard to support yourself when you're out there on tour. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to be a certain, you know, level of player, um, you know, whether it's star or champion on that end of a team to get your touring disc to help get you out on the road. Um, you know, and, and I I think I've saved for two straight years hoping that this would happen. And I was, I was a few clicks away from buying a touring vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... So I'm very happy that I didn't do that because I, you know, I haven't been working since May 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I won't say I felt burnt out. I just felt discouraged about my performances, the first two events of the year. Um, but the more I talked to people, they were like, look, you got to give yourself time and space and grace. And like, mm-hmm. you know, you have what it takes. If you put your nose to the grinds, you know, all the pep talks, we could, we could Rudy or league of their own all day and talk about, <laughs> you know, like every wonderful thing that everyone said to me, which I really appreciate. Um, I think I need to dig deep a and see if it's really something that I want to pursue. Um, you know, watching, watching people that are, you know, constituents in the sport play as well as they did at the Mm -hmm. DDO. Like I was kind of chomping at the bit. I was like, I really, really want to go play. Like I miss this so much. And like, you know, that competitive atmosphere and just like the spirit of disc golf in our community, Mm -hmm. um, even not having the spectators there, like that was kind of weird to see. So Mm -hmm. I would, you know, 
I'm interested. I think it's sort of been um, hot and cold. Like some people have said, it's honestly great not playing with spectators right. because we move faster. Um, you know, the camera folks can get in there. Um, their positions without having to ask people to move. And then you also don't have this roar of the crowd trying to, you know, egg on big shots or whatever. So I think it'll be interesting to see what it looks like to have the majority of spectators removed for the next Mm -hmm. few events. And then I also, before I sort of, you know, stick another iron in the fire, if you will, I worry about where we are with COVID-19. I mean, right now in the (laughs) U S Sadly, our nation isn't even allowed to leave our nation. Like, you know what I mean? Like Europe, Europe will not accept us as visitors, you know? So, um, so that's, that's a little bit frustrating because every state, every municipality, everything's a little Mm -hmm. bit different. You know, I think I've seen most people wearing masks. Some people are for it. Some people are against it. You know, I mean, certainly not going to get political, but just sort of figuring out it's like, okay, well, we can be, we could be in Kansas last week and we can be in Minnesota next week. Like mm-hmm. what's going to happen with the Northeast swing? Like, are we right. going to be able to get through with like, we don't really know, you know, where hot pockets for the, yeah. the virus will all pop up. So, you know, if you go and invest and do all this stuff, like you might be turning around in a couple months, right. you know, so right. I'm sort of that in that delicate balance of like, mm-hmm okay, I'm moving to Boulder and I can be looking for full-time work and putting myself into disc golf as much as possible. Mm -hmm. But I just, I feel so uncertain. So I can't really say like what, what's going to come next. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I was, I watched, um, we watched Simon's vlog, the uh, preserve championship, I think a practice Mm -hmm. round and and, uh, Kona and Colton were there with another disc mania team. It was Casey, I think. And then Simon and you know, just watching Kona throw with the boys, I was like, my God, she can bomb. Like, it's, it's so it's so fun to watch her play. Um, you know, and she even said, she's like, you know, we were only at 15 people at the DDO. Like, we'd love to see more women out yeah. here. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, I could be that person. But then you also are like, am I ever going to cash? And right. you don't do it for that, right? Like, you right. do it for the love of the game and all that. But, but in the same vein, you have... I'm not 21. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I am, I am a 36 year old lady who's like, ow, that hurts. And what does my insurance look like? You know? So I'm not preach, preach, right? Like get me, get me to 39 and 40 so I can start playing masters, please. But, you know, then I'm also like, is this, um, is this an itch I really should scratch? Like if I don't do this, am I going to regret it? Like I am very lucky to have a partner that would support me. Um, He would probably try to coach me to death as well, but (laughs) I mean, (laughs) overall, like he, he wants to see me do well. And if that's something that I want to do, like I do have that person that's like, yeah, I'll hold down the home front. Like you go get it. You know, if that's what you want to do. So Mm -hmm. I think that there's still space for it. I would love to get out to more events, you know, but then it's like, do you drive? Do you fly? Like what's the thing to do? You know, Mm -hmm. and you're not really supposed to be sharing a room with anybody right right now, you know, (laughs) like, so I can't just be like, oh, hey, let me call some people I know right. and see if I can bunk up, you know, yeah, where totally. that was more of a reality yep. last year. Yep. And that's what I was sort of hoping for. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, again, like I, I do not want to be a letdown to my sponsors in any way mm-hmm. because I know that I had said, like, this is what I really want to do this year. But obviously yeah. <laughs> times change for just about everybody. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's just a little, still a little bit more, you know, introspection to be done and my move will be complete by this Sunday. So that's great. Nice. I won't have to pack a bag every single weekend to go back and forth. <laughs> um, I will, I will have a hometown, which is lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I hope to be able to sort of feel a little bit more settled and just really see what comes up. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, 
it's nice not to have pressure, but in the same vein, it's also like it's July, you know, time's ticking. And if you want to earn points to the championship, well, now I have a friend that lives in uh, the North Carolina area. So <laughs> I might know her. I know the, the women's national championship, depending on what yeah. the registration requirements are for that. Um, it would be lovely to get out yeah, there, but that would be cool. There's, there's yeah. so there's just, it, again, it's like, it's bittersweet and yeah. it's uncertain. Um, you know, I wish I could be like, I'm going on the road, but like, I can't actually say that right, right now. You know what oh I mean? yeah. Well, and I feel like we buried the lead a little bit for people who don't know that, uh, Erica did win AM worlds last year in advanced women, which was super awesome. And then you <laughs> turned pro shortly after. And then, uh, yeah, like you said, made the decision that you were going to quit your job, hit the road, do the disc golf. And then everything went basically, which yep. and the boat got rocky. Yep. The boat got rocky. For and sure. It's... Yeah. That was, that was very odd. Um, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. Like things are starting to open up a little bit more. I mean, you know, when you talk about like restaurants and things yeah. like that, for sure, but like horses and we're yep. getting sanctioning back here, which right. is lovely. Um, you know, people like Kyle Harrigan and Ray Woodruff are working incredibly hard to get our sanctioned events back cool. to make sure our tag matches are as safe as they can be. And, you know, we have a little bit more insight being board members for that disc golf club, mm -hmm. but nonetheless to see, you know, what the Boulder crew is doing, yeah. you know, and, and sort of trying to set those standards so that everybody can take the best care of themselves and be enjoying this sport. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, to see people pull together to try to pull that off, like, you know, cause it's, it's a day to day, right? Yeah. Like right. you could play one day and then they could pull the baskets the next. Right. So you just have to, you know, tread a little bit cautiously and, you know, I, I myself am trying not to take it for granted. You yeah. know, we, Oz and I have great friends in Boulder that have about an acre in unincorporated Boulder and they've mm. put a course on it. It's called Cherryland, and, you know, they'll accept new members and it's their private land or whatever, but, you know, we have our own tags and all that kind of stuff. And that was really the way that I was able to stay mm. connected through this whole thing. So, um, you know, to have their generosity and, um, you know, see that during this time, like it's just been so wonderful to have those people mm -hmm. um, that have been able to provide that outlet too. So definitely. Well, I always love talking to both of you. So thank you so much for, for doing this and for the chat. Um, just some, some really good stuff to talk about here and uh, hoping hoping for the best, obviously, for absolutely everybody for the rest of 2020 and for, for disc golf. I think, again, it's a sport that we, we can do safely um, if we do it right. And it's a, a wonderful way to, to get outside and, and to enjoy life. So, yeah. Let's do some shout outs for sponsors and all those good things and important people. Erica, let's let's start with you. Who do you have to shout out? Yeah, so Innova is my, you know, my primary disc sponsor and they've been awesome. I have a bunch of new plastic that I've I have been trying to work in. Um Gatekeeper Media, I work with them. Hopefully when those guys can get back out on the road, Derek yeah. and Chris, they too had had, you know, this was supposed to be their rookie year on the road. So it's been so hard for them because you know, they were going to work with the PDGA tour and I'm so bummed for them because they really do shoot amazing coverage. But, you know, if they get out there for some ladies round, like I would love to do commentary for them because I, I just think that that's one of my favorite things yeah. to do. Um, I also work with team Y dry chalk bags, which I've, which I have and, and been doing that. And then also, um, flight co and they are apparel company. Um, so they're, they were new this year as well. Mm. And, uh, Bradford and his family like work super hard to get great products out. I have an awesome sweatshirt, a really cool hat. Again, it's like, I want to wear these out on the course, but I don't even know if I'm supposed <laughs> to be out here taking pictures, you know, so, um, <laughs> 
so uh, I hope to increase that social media presence a little bit more too now that it's a little bit safer. But yeah, everybody that's, you know, been out there, certainly the Mile High Club, the Boulder Disc Golf Club, we want to get our ladies tags up and going as soon as possible. And, you know, um, definitely shout out Oz, who's my my rock um, in, in all of this stuff. And I mean, I know we're going to kick it to Andrea, but I, I lost my disc golf buddy when I she moved. So, so it's... I'm, I couldn't be more excited for her and everything that's on her horizon. And I just think that she's going to have access and support and all these great courses in, yeah. in that area, but it will, uh, it will not be the same, not playing with her. So, um, I, I will miss her, but I'm excited too. Yep. I might need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> It has been an emotional ride here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) No, I agree with that. I, um, you know, this has been a transition period for myself as well that I'm really excited about. But, you know, it, it is difficult to leave my friends and family and my disc golf friends and family, um, from Colorado. I, I truly don't think there's a better group of people, um, you know, who are just incredibly supportive and incredibly kind and willing to help and just a solid group of people. And so that's really difficult to leave. And, um, you know, Erica is actually the one that tries to pick me up and say, you know, we'll see each other at tournaments. We'll, we'll still see each other and do all these things, but it was really hard to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I am excited about moving on and getting to do some other things, but, um, Colorado is going to be irreplaceable for a really long time, but, um, in terms of sponsors and things like that, um, obviously 303 Discs and Trifection Athletic Wear, I, I really appreciate their continued support and they're continuing to support me uh, with this transition that I'm making now. And um, I also want to give a shout out to Denise Cameron. Um, she showed up, and I think she did this with all of the cards. I know that um, during the DDO, she came and watched um, our cards from afar. So she was there and really just supporting the FPO division. And I just wanted to to thank her for doing that. Um, and Becca, as always, just really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us a little bit and let us, um, give our perspective and hopefully reaching out to some other ladies to give them some information as well. But as always appreciate the opportunity to come on here and chat with you. Awesome. Absolutely. I will echo that. Thank you for listening to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. Thank you, as always, to DZ Discs, where the disc you see is the disc you get. Visit dzdiscs.com and use the code GUITAR at checkout for $5 off, $25 or more. Um, so great to, to be back with you all. I hope everyone is doing well. Be safe. Be well. Support one another. Uh, take care of yourselves out there. And we'll catch you next time on the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. <laughs>